Welcome back to another episode of Kicking and Screaming, a Blueprint Sports Podcast, hosted by myself, Henry Hagel, and my co-host, Gus McKinney. Um, we're coming off kind of a weird week last week, so we have even more to talk about this week. We have a lot of NBA. We have um, March Madness preparation. We have some, you know, like games, activities to go over. So um, let's get into it. Uh what what do you want to start with today, I guess? Uh, let's talk about bas- the NBA in okay. specific. Okay. Um, so the Warriors, let's touch on that first. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Picked up a big win against the Nuggets last night, but uh, I still f- can't feel confident about how the team's doing right now. Thompson, a bit of a letdown right now. Yeah, but, major letdown. Um, I, I did see the clip of Wiseman in the G League. I'm gonna be. It might just be a sports thing where anytime you see a player dominating in the minor leagues or the G League, you just get excited because they're always looking dominant. Like when Mad Bum would go down to the minor leagues and he'd blast his fastballs by guys. But Jimmy Fredette would drop seventy in China. Yeah, but like seeing James Wiseman, I'm just like, there's no way this guy isn't gonna average thirty when he comes back. I mean, his size, like it, it gets me excited. I'm gonna be honest. So that that could. I mean, I like Kevon Looney, but no, he's he's a twenty five year old with fifty year old knees. Like I, I, he can't, he can't last us. Draymond Green needs to come back. We need him yeah. desperately. I mean, in the West, the Warriors might have to go through DeAndre Ayton and Nikola Jokic, and Kevon Looney is not capable. Wise Wiseman on Ayton would be a really fun playoff match, especially and with then, Draymond taking shifts. And then you would have. Curry and Chris Paul and Clay and Devin Booker, that'd be one of the most fun playoff matchups you could get. Yeah, I mean, the Suns defend so well that um, I think we rely on guys like Poole and Wiggins to produce on offense Yeah, in a Suns series. Um, other news, I mean, Lakers can't get it going. Still 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Wow. Yeah, they're, I mean, a wet, on the road, they're 9-21. and 21. That is... Awful. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I think that's the only teams worse are the Rockets, the Kings, and the Trailblazers. And the Trailblazers yeah. yeah, and in the Western Conference, those are the only teams doing worse on the road. I, their their home record isn't anything to be impressed by either. They're they're awful this year, and I think we've talked about Anthony Davis. I, I don't. I wouldn't even call him a superstar anymore. I would. I mean, it's it's LeBron and LeBron only over there. Like I. I mean, Westbrook's a net negative from where I'm seeing it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This might be unpopular now, but I'd always rather have Westbrook on your team than not, if that makes sense. Like, if you can have Westbrook on your team, have him. Because he still has that potential to be a great player. But, like, what about, like, an average point guard? Like, if you trade Westbrook for, say, like, Lonzo Ball, like... Or like yeah, Lonzo would make that team better than Westbrook is exactly. Right but I'm saying with the trade the, the trade deadline's over, so right. you need to be happy with what you have. Well, yeah, they're gonna need have to make him for a while. Yeah, they pay him way too much to get. To- yeah, they're not gonna be able to pawn him off unless it's for like two second rounders. Um, I think at this point you just say you you just need to hope that Westbrook turns out to be old Westbrook, but. It, 
I don't. He hasn't been old Westbrook in three or four years. Maybe no, it's, it's co- been a while. Yeah, it's like even on the Rockets, Rockets and Wizards, he wasn't great. He hasn't been that MVP player since the Thunder. So, did they ever really? Could they? Could you really ever expect them? Expect him to be his MVP self? I don't know. I think that was a bad move. By them. you can't you can't expect anything out of Westbrook. I will say though that. If Anthony Davis gets healthy, you still have LeBron and Anthony Davis on your team. And any team with LeBron, you look at those Cavs years, you can't count on a team with LeBron. Yeah. And so, you get, I mean, Anthony Davis, he, he can't stay healthy, but when he is, he's still pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. And if they do make that play-in, they're going to be playing the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the Clippers will blow them up. Ah, uh, Yeah. Kawhi Leonard on LeBron James. Paul Kawhi George. Leonard? He's out for the year. He is? Yes. Oh, man. He hasn't I've, played a game all year. Yeah, well, I've, I've missed something, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, Paul George on LeBron James. Okay. Um, He's been out for a while, you too. You know, debating cutting the episode right now, because that was embarrassing. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, never mind. Maybe they would beat the Clippers. Uh, kind of discombobulated right now. I mean, uh, I, do, I do think the Clippers... <laughs> <laughs> moving on, moving on. Eastern Conference. Um, I mean, it's same old, same old. It's uh, Well, James Harden on 76ers. What are we thinking about that? Um, I like that move. I mean, this is kind of like... It's not exactly the same as what you were talking about earlier, but like, there's kind of a narrative that when two superstars join up, such as Harden and Embiid, Everyone's expectations are through the roof, such as people calling them the next Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. And so neither of those guys live up to being Kobe or Shaq. So I think there's going to be a lot of unreasonable expectations. But I do think you have to set the bar high for the, for the, the team in general when it comes to winning this year. Yeah, um, I mean, it just seemed like Harden wanted that redemption game against the Nets so bad, and he just couldn't do it. Well, Harden just can't play in big games. Yeah. And it, we know that KD can. Yeah. It it wasn't like... Uh, KD wasn't like, a, I wouldn't say incredible. It was fun watching him go at it with Embiid. Uh, what was an underrated narrative of that game was Seth Curry kind of with a... Yeah. Kind of with a... a are you sure you wanted to trade me? Like that was that was an impressive performance by him, um, letting him know that it wasn't only uh, Harden in that trade that could make a difference. Yeah, um, he was valuable to the Sixers just being a shooter. I I feel like the Sixers always valued those shooters, especially with Ben Simmons. Especially yeah, especially when your two best players. I mean, Embiid can shoot threes, but he doesn't do it. Yeah, well. so when they didn't have Redick, they then needed to fill that with Seth Curry Danny, and Danny Green. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a bigger miss than a lot of people expected. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you can be too happy with that Harden trade after seeing what he just did in that game. What he only made three field goals or something like that. I, I think he was zero for ten on two pointers. Yeah, that's embarrassing. And you're, um, but really, Eastern Conference is pretty boring right now. It, that's one of the only narratives going on. I mean, from my point of view, the Bucks are the runaway favorite to win the East. Yeah, because right even though he are in first seed, I, I, it's not gonna I matter. Sh- 
yeah, it's just like that superstar power isn't quite there. I mean, uh, honestly, the advantage between the one and the two seed is whichever team isn't going to have to play the Nets in the first round. That is true. Um, I mean, do you think Ben Simmons will ever work into a starting role? I, I, I can't speak on that. He hasn't played in so long. I do think he'd be willing to move over to uh, power forward or small for- or small forward, whichever one KD wouldn't be playing. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think positions matter that much in basketball anymore. Really? Really. Yeah, I do. I don't know. I feel like uh, it depends what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I think Warriors kind of proved that in their playoff rounds when they just throw out three, six, seven guys and two guards. And then, exactly. That was the best lineup ever, the original yeah. death lineup. Yeah, that was um, – this kind of brings us on to another point that we were talking about before the episode started, um, talking about which players – I mean, I know a couple weeks ago we argued about the Will Chamberlain era. Which players do you think could come in from the 80s or before, like the superstars from old basketball? What players do you think would just dominate in today's era? Well, when you think about the 80s, you think of uh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And Larry Bird won't dominate. Yeah, I, I don't I think know, he would either. I know our generation definitely underrates him because it's hard to look at this skinny, frail, white dude and that looks like your grandma and say, oh, yeah, he was dominant. I'm sure he, was, he would still be an all-star, but he wouldn't be considered one of the best to ever do it if he played. He just doesn't have the weight on him. He doesn't have the muscle. doesn't have the speed. Yeah, and what he was doing was crazy because he was throwing up threes. But that was, what, a year? No, he was playing when they introduced the three-point line. It also was nowhere near the volume that guys like Curry and Harden are doing it. Yeah. Like, he, he shot, like, I think, like, guys back then, like, the best shooters took, like, four three threes a game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think Magic Johnson would be dominant. You don't, you don't think so? I don't think he'd be valued as much as he was back no. then. I mean, I I I think like he'd be a little better than Bird, but he still I like. I would he was six nine. I don't think he'd be a top ten player though. He'd Wait. be. He was a six nine. He, he was. He's a better version of Ben Simmons. But he was everything that Ben Simmons couldn't do. Like he couldn't shoot. I he, he couldn't shoot. He wasn't a shooter. But he's putting up. He's the best passer in the league every year that he was in the league. So. Essentially, he's the best point guard. He's the best ball handler in the league. I'd take Curry over him any day of the week. That's fair, but I'm saying a top ten player. I'm really? saying he could sneak in that ten spot. So I think I think I think he'd be NBA, better than Damian Lillard. I'd take Curry, LeBron, KD, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. Those are six on. You can't debate those. Yes, yeah. they'd all be better than him. Yeah. Um, I would take. I wouldn't take Devin Booker over him. I wouldn't take anyone on the Suns. You could argue John Moran. No, you couldn't. Really? I don't think you could argue that. What I mean, uh, John Morant's explosive. Magic Johnson's just as explosive. John can shoot, though. Yeah, but, okay, if you take a player from the 70s or 80s and you said this is how you need to play, That's they'd true. develop a jump shot. And maybe that wouldn't be the strongest part of his game, but if he's putting up 19 every single year and then also giving you nine assists... And mm-hmm. then being the best defending guard in the league. You think Magic's the best defending guard in the league? I think at, I think at times he definitely was the best defensive guard. I well, mean, no, I think in today's era it's less about defending a guard. It's more just like perimeter defending. 
Yeah, I think because a guy like Andrew Wiggins can do the same job that he does on defense, and I think a guy like Andrew Wiggins can do that at a very high level. Yeah, but then you're like, I mean, like you mentioned Kawhi Leonard. But what? You, yeah, I guess. But now we're just arguing about different positions. I'm saying someone to run the floor that could also play defense is really hard to find now. I mean, you thought it could be Ben Simmons, and he failed. Yeah, I, I just can't see what would set Magic apart from Ben Simmons. He he is Ben Simmons, but multiply his skill by three. In what aspect? Ben Simmons was a Defensive Player of the Year candidate last year. I, okay, but he couldn't do it repeatedly. He couldn't work with teammates. He couldn't win championships. Magic Johnson did all of that. But that doesn't take away from his ability as a player. It's just like... I guess. Maybe. maybe. I still think he could be a top 10 player in today's Maybe top 10, but... If I, you took his raw attributes, his height, and just his like, just his court vision, I think you're definitely looking at a top 10 player. A, a top 5 guard, for sure. Yeah. But, like, think about, like, Prime LeBron. What can Prime Magic Johnson do that Prime LeBron couldn't well, do? Well, now we're talking about the best player of yeah. all time. So... I like that. Best yeah. player of all time. Yeah. Okay. Well, the most <laughs> skilled player of all time, I should say. He's the best. Okay. Uh, maybe you think anyone from the 70s could could roll into today's era? And I don't think... 70s was kind of a dead era for basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. J would be pretty good, I think. he's. I, I just think he'd be another John Morant, another exciting player to watch, but he would he would never be in that, like go i mean yeah i don't think he'd do no. anything worth noting um i think all these like dr j is pretty widely regarded as like a top 20 player all time yeah i think if he played in today's era he'd maybe be like top 50 all time yeah I yeah that's, that's a good way to look at guys. it like yeah his legacy would be tarnished but it wouldn't be ruined right if he played in today's era um I, I still think Wilt Chamberlain would put up 30 points a game. In yeah, I kind of thought about it. I was wrong. Yeah? I'm willing to admit it. Yeah. I mean, he, you know he's in the World Volleyball Hall of Fame? Yeah, and wasn't he like an Olympic track athlete or something? Like he he would bench press with Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah. 500 pounds. You know, uh, after after his rookie year, I think he put up... Ab- um, 50.4 points a game. That wasn't his rookie year, was it? No, I think... I think it was his second year. Okay, but after his rookie year, he had he he won rookie of the year and MVP, and then he claimed that it wasn't fun being double teamed and triple teamed every single game, so he wanted to retire and move on to something more fun. He outgrew the NBA. What's your favorite Wilt statistic or fact? I don't know. What's yours? So he broke the record for minutes. For average minutes in a year, and oh, wasn't it above forty? It was forty-eight point five because yeah. he played every single minute of every single game, and then he got extra minutes from overtime. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good. That's one. the most unbreakable. Yeah, I feel like um, there's some players who just go unrecognized because of Will and Bill Russell, like Elgin Baylor. Yeah, have you seen some of the numbers he was putting up? I mean, yeah. Anyone who was anyone was putting up 36 points a game in the 50s and 60s. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the graphic from uh, the MVP race that one year. It was Bill Russell, Wilt, Oscar Robertson, and Elgin Baylor. Yeah. Like, Oscar Robertson averaged a triple-double. 
Elgin Baylor was putting up like 38 and 10. Wilt was obviously putting up Wilt numbers. And then there's Bill Russell, who's obviously one of the greats. Yeah. I think Bill Russell would be... I don't think he'd be anyone in today's league. I mean, what was he? A 6'9 center who could rebound well? Yeah. And he's a player coach. I don't think he'd... Yeah. Um, that's kind of everyone I, I would want. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think he'd be a worse Wilt Chamberlain than today's yeah. league. Uh, yeah, because I don't... I mean, part of what is so crazy about Kareem's legacy and what vaults him into the top five of most people's all-time list is his longevity. Yeah. And if anything, that'd just be expanded upon in today's league. Like, he he would have better trainers, better... But it's also a much more physical league. You th- Oh, uh, well, yeah, yes. then then. Yeah. If, if you watch some of those 70s and 80s games, it is a false narrative that the defense was more physical. Yeah. I think 90s, you could make an argument. Maybe. I think so. Okay. Maybe, maybe certain teams, maybe. But well, I think in general, like, guys have just gotten bigger and stronger that it's just a more physical game now. Yeah. So... Before we wrap up here, did you want to mention your March Madness preparation? Uh, yeah, so with March Madness coming up, um, I don't know. What do you like to do when you're filling out your bracket? I'm going to be honest. I act like I know what I'm doing. I'll watch three YouTube videos, look up some articles about the 12 seeds that some random barstool reporter thinks is gonna, are going to win. And then kind of pick and choose from there. Obviously, if St. Mary's is in there, I have them going on to the next round. Oregon, there's a couple staples in my brackets. Oregon, Elite Eight almost every year. Doesn't matter how good their team is. Doesn't matter what matchups they're looking at. Elite Eight or Sweet 16 every single time. They're one of the most underrated tournament teams, in my opinion. Um, Baylor, I always have Baylor going far in this this year. I never have Gonzaga winning at all. Me neither. I agree with you on that. I'm not a championship team because uh, they play in the WCC. Uh, no offense, but you can't you can't play in the WCC all year it. and then go into. I mean, they're playing in stadiums with a thousand a thousand people they're playing in, in high school stadiums, basically. Yeah, and then they expect to go into like one of the craziest environments ever and win. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I yeah, those are my staples. Gonzaga not winning. Oregon Elite Eight. St. Mary's advancing at least one game. Baylor always doing well. And then you got to have some SEC team or some team that's really good at football. Be also be good at basketball. Like an Alabama's always up there. Maybe a t- Tennessee. Just a football team. I always like moving them up. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I like... I. I'm going to make it seem like my strategy is different from yours, but when you really break it down, it's kind of the same. Uh-huh. I don't really watch college basketball until about this past weekend. Um, so I, ju- I just look at, like, team stats and, like, I look at, like, defensive rating because you can't win with bad defense. I look at, for lower-ranked teams, I look at three-point shooting because the way upsets happen is with a lower-ranked team catching on fire and making a bunch of threes. Um, I look at rebounding, and then I look at um, how a team is trending. So, for example, a team I have that's a high seed 
that is going to be an early exit is Auburn. Lock it in. They are 3-3 three and three in their last five games. They're really bad at three-point shooting. They're not efficient on offense. They have multiple losses this season to unranked teams. So that's just an example. I'd like to throw something in that I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Recently, in the past two years, I have discovered the most underrated stat when it comes to college basketball, free throw percentage. Yes, Team yes, free throw percentage. especially at the end of a game. When you're watching a tournament, it always comes down yeah. to free throws. I don't get it, but it seems like free throws are half of the game in college basketball. Yes, it's, I completely It's agree. so much more important than an NBA because everyone's good at it in the NBA. College, it's different. You'll see the best player in the league go one for two three times in a row. Um, so free throw percentage is one thing I forgot but to mention. I also think the importance of stats varies on the team. Because a team like Kentucky, who's coming out of the SEC, is really good at rebounding. And they play in the SEC all year, which yeah. is against good teams. But a team like Gonzaga is also good at rebounding, but they're playing in the WCC. So. But they still had some difficult games in them. But, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. You have to look at divisions. Um, you have to see, like, I like to see what what teams they went close with. Like, yeah. Also, underrated thing to do, look up a highlight reel of their best player. If it gets you going, if it gives you goosebumps, lock them in for the Sweet 16. So just- so yeah, I, I'm I'm more of a fun guy when it comes to March Madness brackets. Does does the song influence? Does the song behind the highlights influence your picks sometimes? Definitely, definitely. If you have a good a good highlight mix, yeah, I'm putting you in the Sweet Sixteen, maybe the Elite Eight. If I like the way you look, yeah. It's if I'm like, take. if I if young coaches, I like way more than old coaches. Get the old guys out of the game. Coach K could not be more thrilled that he's gone. I want to see young coaches in the Elite Eight, guys with cool highlight reels. Oregon, St. Mary's, St. Mary's advanced from the first round. Uh, free throw percentage. Those are my five staples of of March Madness. The Hegel Five. Yeah, the Hegel Five. So um, I think that's everything. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. I'm not going